0: Today's episode of Locked On Wild is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's RockAuto.com. On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the lockdown Podcast Network. It's your host Joe Booley of 10KRinks.com and with me is Tony Abbott. Tony, you're also with 10krinks.com. Tony, how you doing? Another late night.
1: Yep, working in the uh working in the content mines, going to the content factory, um, and uh and getting some content out for you this morning. It is up on 10krinks.com. Uh, you can read my article about Kevin Fiala and uh, and how maybe Minnesota's relying a little bit too much on Kevin Fiala to provide all their offense. Um, and, uh, and we're sorry for getting this up late today, but uh, we, we both got done at like 4.30 in the morning, yeah. and we're yeah. just like, we
0: cannot record a podcast tonight. So we're doing it now. Yeah, it it very sleepy guys for sure. So we'll uh, we'll get through it. Um, you, you mentioned Kevin Fiala, and what about the last two minutes and twenty nine seconds where he basically completely took over? I mean, yeah, those were great, right? <laughs> he uh, he beat uh, he beat Jacob Markstrom
1: on uh, on two real nice looking shots where he just like it, it kind of looked like he got the puck off without moving his stick very much. <laughs> Um, and uh, and he was able to uh, to confuse and uh, and beat uh, Markstrom on uh, on both uh, shots I think one of them had like a couple bounces going but you know what like that's what happens when you put the puck on net good things happen somebody should tell the rest
0: of the wild exactly well and if you're Fiala he's obviously not putting it just on net but he's putting it into like just these tiny beautiful places um, in the net as well uh, that that goal that uh, gave the Wild, I could, you know, kind of cut the lead to 4-2 to two then uh, for the Canucks. Uh, it was a real quick release, just one of those, like, he quickly got it, moved it to his forehand, and then it was in and out of the net before anybody even knew it. Like, it was crazy. And I think the announcers were saying, yeah, he scored, maybe, kind of, sort of. I don't know. And then they showed the replay, and it was, clearly was in. But um, it looked like even the players on the ice weren't even quite sure it was in because it hit the uh, the back – post so so hard and and quickly came out that uh it was tough to even know but it was it was a hell of a shot and one thing that i've noticed with Fiala and and obviously you see this kind of with, with a lot of different shooters out there as well but uh is the flex on their sticks when you actually see these goals or these still shots in uh you know in super slow motion you really get to see the torque that that he puts on the stick. And Kevin Fiala was no different. I was watching the replay of the power play goal that he had in game one. And, uh, it just looked like your normal run-of-the-mill slap shot but man he, you should see that stick bend in some of the stills from from up close and uh i think i remember seeing the, one of those come back from the uh the wrist shot that he had in game two as well but uh, he's putting a lot of torque on those uh, on that stick and, and getting a lot of velocity uh with his shot which is just uh which is just amazing and it's really funny
1: how he was able to score like two goals on the night. Cause I think maybe uh, the story beforehand and, and, I did mention this a little bit in my article because like, I, I did think that uh, it is one of the downfalls of being like, okay, we're going to just kind of like stand around and let's uh, let Kevin go into hero mode a little bit. Um, is that I, I think Vancouver did a real good job through like 57 minutes and 31 seconds of really like neutralizing Fiala. Like he got, You know, his shots and his shot attempts, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he had, I think uh, going in the last three minutes, he probably had around eight or nine shot attempts, uh, four of them maybe being shots. you know, uh, and, and like you know, that's that's good that you know Kevin's getting his shots and stuff in, um. But I I feel like Minnesota, or sorry, not Minnesota. I feel like Vancouver was able to kind of key in on him a little bit, um. And and you could really tell that uh, that he was frustrated by, uh, you know, Vancouver kind of shadowing him because I mean, not yeah. only not only did they shadow him, they took some liberties with him, but like in the playoffs, like that stuff is going to happen especially when you don't have someone who is playing off of fiala who can make uh vancouver pay for being like okay we're going to take kevin Fiala out of the game now what's amazing with kevin right is that he was like in the last two uh and a half minutes he said like no you are not taking me out of this game i am (laughs) in this game i was here uh and, and, and uh and, and he spray painted uh kevin was here over a very nice night from uh from
0: jacob markstrom but uh it, yeah kevin fiala went uh wyatt earp on the bit in the river from tombstone nope <laughs> <you don't> <laughs> okay so i'm gonna set up the senior real quick so they're in a shootout they're dead in this like creek bed right and the cowboys are on the on one side And uh and Wyatt Earp and 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 Doc Holiday are on the other side and they're kind of firing. And finally, after I think a couple of guys getting up on on Wyatt Earp's side get hit with uh with a couple of shots and he's down, he basically stands up and just goes, No, and just slowly walks into the middle of the creek bed. I mean, he is completely vulnerable here. And for some reason, he does not get hit by these uh by these shut this crossfire coming from, and he ends up just owning the rest of the cowboys to the point where they gotta retreat and walk away um and it and almost like kevin fiala was like no you will not take me out of this game and he starts firing shots and nothing can go wrong for him and then after that um after that scene in tombstone they're all sitting around the fire kind of going like you ever see anything like that before he's like no man i ain't never heard anything like that before (laughs) uh it was uh, it was something kind of cool so i wonder that kind of reminded me of kevin fiala just uh Going, going crazy with it here at the end of uh, of game two. Unfortunately, the Minnesota Wild did not come out on the winning end of game two. Uh, we're going to get to more on that in in the rest of the show here, mainly talking about uh, Alex Stalock uh, and uh, maybe some other performers that didn't really quite show up. But uh, first, I do want to talk to you about RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online for twenty years. Uh, one reason. Uh, to repair your car and maintain your cars to save money so that you can save uh, save that money and then use it for other important things like uh, your mortgage or food or, and uh, so why would you want to choose to spend 30, 50% or 100% more for the exact same auto parts as a chain store or the car dealership and I know if you're, if you're like me you try to avoid the car dealerships because you always feel like you're being sold something and if you go to an auto parts store they always make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about uh, I'm not I'm not a gearhead. I'm not a gigantic uh, car guy. I know enough that I could probably change my oil if I wanted to. I don't because it, I don't have any place to put the oil. And I can do a in couple of things Joe. in there,
1: in your car, put the oil in your car. <laughs> I,
0: I, I can do enough, but I, I, am not a car guy <laughs> and, you know, going to RockAuto.com, I can pull up the part that I need by searching for la- uh, my make and model as well as, uh, They've got an entire gigantic catalog that will find just about anything. And I know that I'm not going to get screwed out of, out of the money here, too, because their prices are always reliably low. Uh, so when you go to rockauto.com, make sure that you go to check out that amazing catalog. And when you do, write Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Wild, uh, Tony. I wanted to talk to you about Alex Daylock's performance in Game Two. Obviously, he uh, he wasn't tested crazily in game in Game One, and he made the saves that he needed to make, and that resulted in an impressive shutout win for the Minnesota Wild. But um, as I called in our pregame shots on on uh, 10K Rinks and the Zone Coverage Facebook Live hit that we do. Uh, I I told you that Staloc wasn't going to allow a a shutout streak last at any certain amount of time into the next game. And sure enough, 24 seconds in he gets lit up and, and it was a quick one, nothing lead already for the Canucks. I just
1: want to say that uh, that I totally would have had that score right. Uh, uh, I I called a four to one loss against Vancouver until that pesky Kevin Fiala ruined it for me. Um, but he, yeah, like uh, he he gave up that uh, that goal to Tanner Pearson right away. That goal came uh, from the outside. Uh, it kind of looked like it caught Staylock off guard, and uh, it, it's just it it's it's a bad thing to to happen. And, and, you know, it, I, I think it really set the tone uh, for the game because, like, you know, Minnesota got that early lead in game one and were able to defend, 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 defend mm-hmm. and, and then kind of like strike whenever uh, whenever Vancouver would press. Right. And yep. either draw a penalty or um or or get, you know, a goal of their own or. I guess not a goal of their own because uh, they uh, they got theirs on the power play, but um, but still, like they were able to uh, kind of trap and frustrate uh, Vancouver at times while you know taking their shots. Uh, Minnesota right. didn't have that luxury because they were playing either down or tied uh, for most of the first period, and then when uh, when Vancouver was able to get the second goal, uh, then it was kind of like ah, this is uh, this isn't this isn't good.
0: Yeah, I thought for sure that coming out of the first period, tied 1-1, that maybe you can get a good reset. But again, it was a fairly quick goal. I think it was within the first two and a half minutes again of the second period that uh, the the Canucks were able to regain the lead. And it just never felt like Staylock felt really comfortable in net. And I'm not saying that that Staylock is – is necessarily the fault here. I, I I do think like there was a lot of passengers in game two and certainly the forwards and defensemen could have played a much better out in front. I think they did surrender a little bit more uh, inside the home plate area or uh, in the danger zone on the ice than, than they did in game one. But, you know, I think sometimes Daylock is also a victim of, of his stature. I mean, he is a shorter guy. He does like to battle, and he does like to go swimming in that in that blue paint sometimes. And I think that can sometimes work against him. Well, and, and that would have worked against him uh, another
1: time pretty crucially, right? But Matt Dumba came in and yeah. uh, and, and, and actually had to save a pug from, uh, from Brock Besser being able to jam it in wide open. Uh, yeah. So, sorry to interrupt
0: you there. No, no, you're absolutely fine. Yeah, it does also feel like they're able to take advantage of his aggressiveness by, when he comes out to challenge the puck because he is so short. He needs to cut down the angle. And also they're they're sniping top corner on him. I, I feel like that uh, if he was just a little bit taller that uh, some of that area would be covered up and he wouldn't have to challenge nearly as much as he does and be cut out of position. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and i think i think it's it's extremely important to say like you know there's a there's a difference between like going and saying like what went wrong right and uh and, and and putting blame on on things right i think a lot of people uh especially in the media were defending alex last night uh saying like oh like you can't you can't put the blame on stalock uh no you you can't and we're not like we're just saying like Hey, like that first goal from the outside it's not not a great goal to give up. Like uh he faced uh I think uh, I think it was either 2.5 to 2.75 expected goals. Um mm-hmm. that Vancouver threw at him uh depending on you know who uh you know whose model you look at, right? Um right. and and Staylock gave up four, so he gave up a goal at least more maybe a goal and change more than he should have and, and that's not to say that you know it's his fault like you know he came in this this season as a, a, a clear backup goalie a career backup goalie and now he is in this uh this position where he has to carry the wild at least at times for minnesota to advance in, in in the postseason make a deep postseason run like that isn't a realistic expectation for alex so we're not saying that it's his fault he probably should not be in this position in the first place and if uh if kakinen was a little bit older maybe or if dubnik you know was uh was not struggling so mightily over the last year and a half you know he wouldn't be in this position so we're not saying it's his fault but we are saying like, this is an absolute weakness for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And last night was a night where I, I think you could see that it clearly bit them.
0: And it's not like they can't beat Jacob Markstrom, but you could see when the wild were trying to press Markstrom was making the saves that he needed to make, uh, except for the final two and a half minutes when really it was kind of garbage time. When you think after a two, you know, if, uh, when you're up three to or four to one, that is. And, uh, you know, you're not really expecting the Wild to really make a press. And obviously, kudos to the Wild for making it interesting to the final buzzer. But uh, I do think that a lot can be discounted a little bit. Uh, some people want to take takeaways for the uh, the final couple minutes and how the Wild didn't play until the final buzzer and this and that. And they were able to to maybe gain some momentum for games. I think that's mostly overrated um, because you had – you know another 55 minutes before that to do that plus
1: here, here here's here's a takeaway right uh be disciplined
0: yeah yeah the penalties were ridiculous and we can maybe talk about that in the next segment too but uh uh before we uh, before we shut down this whole stay lock talk do you think that uh, you know come reset for game three that he is something that uh, that do you expect him to maybe bounce back? I mean, the big thing about Stalock is he does have a fairly short memory. He does like to battle and he likes to try to prove people wrong. He's been doing it his entire career. Is it something where you can feel confident going with him again in game three and say, look, he's still he he still has the same issues that he's always had, but. We we can feel confident that we're gonna get at least a decent performance out of them, uh, whether it's a two goal game that he gives up or whatever, but at least keeps it competitive.
1: I mean that's just the problem, right? I don't really feel confident with uh, with either of these goalies, and and uh, especially if Kacken is not a factor. But even if he is a factor, right? Then you know, like I don't know if uh, if putting him in a must win game is uh, is a position that he's going to thrive in. So, like, I guess, I guess, I trust Stalock as much as I trust Dubnik, but uh, it's not, uh, it's not particularly much for either of them, unfortunately. And and that's not anyone's fault, but like that is what it is. Like goaltending is a weakness. We all knew that going in.
0: All right. Well, we'll take a another quick pause here, but uh, I do in the next segment I do want to talk about uh, some of the. I guess the ones that we can put on the poo-poo list um, for wild players and their performance. So check back. You're listening to locked on wild. Welcome back to Lockdown Wild. It's Joe and Tony from 10krinks.com guiding the ship here for you uh, in between games, and we're reacting to actually game two here. Um, again, uh, it was a late night for us, so we're finally just getting this recorded here right, right around 3.40ish or so in the afternoon uh, because we had to sleep in. We were tired, guys. So, <laughs> uh, Anyways, uh, we talked about Al Staylock and, and needing some improvement for game three. Uh, I do want to talk about first... Uh, uh, maybe some players or people that need to go on to the, uh, the duty list. And I'm going to start with the referees (laughs) (laughs) because it's not that I thought it was out of balance. I mean, it was six to seven in terms of power plays, right? Yes. Uh, it wasn't like any one team had more or less, or wasn't unfair or anything like that. And obviously the Canucks cashed in on one out of seven, the wild did not score on any of their six, which is weird because I just talked about that being a strong point in game one, because they were able to uh, uh, capitalize on 50% of their four power plays in game one. But I thought that it kind of ruined the aesthetic of the game when it was constantly having another penalty called and I would say that um, it, it's no fun when you you can't even see any decent real uh, five on five time, and it's got to be tough for the players and the coaches to try to roll all their lines and make sure you got fresh players out there when you are constantly either killing a penalty or you're you have you got a power play. I don't know how you gain any sort of momentum that way.
1: Yeah, I I, I definitely uh, hear you there. Like it was it was very uh, it was it was a very inconsistent game in terms of like uh being able to get into rhythm at five on five uh minnesota was just flat out not able to do it vancouver i i, I think vancouver was able to uh to capitalize on it somewhat but yeah it it, it uh, Minnesota just just did not look like they were able to to get into a rhythm. They were chasing. I think there was uh, I think there was uh one part in the FSN broadcast where they're like, "Oh, like they're out hitting Vancouver by this like wide margin," and that's because you know not because they were playing physical, but because uh, Vancouver always had the puck. And, yeah, they were chasing, and Minnesota had to to get it, and I think that's what why you saw you know at least a few of those penalties that, uh, that Minnesota took, uh, was, was just that, uh, they, they didn't, uh, they weren't able to get their legs under them at five on five.
0: Uh, one of the penalties that I want to bring out to, and, and maybe a player that we can kind of bring up to, um, was, uh, kind of middle of the first period. And it's kind of started the parade to the box for the Minnesota wild. And that was the Jordan Greenway roughing on Elias Patterson at the goal mouth right after the whistle, I didn't see anything there that really warranted a penalty that you could watch any of the other games or even past series, uh, in years past where damn, you know, guys are damn near taking heads off and they're still not getting penalized. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought that maybe Greenway, just because he just towers over Patterson was identified as the guilty party, even though both were pretty culpable in that. Oh, uh, that's one penalty that I, that I think was a little ticky tack. And, uh, kind of set the uh, the discipline role uh on on the on Minnesota kind of the wrong way. Um maybe you can use that to segue into Jordan Greenway maybe being your player that you thought needed to step up and he kind of really didn't.
1: Uh he was a player that uh that I I, I thought needed to step up. Um I, I I on on one hand uh he had a he had a a pretty I I think uh kind of lousy game. When uh when the team you know I, I I think the team really did need him to uh to step up on that first line and be some uh, secondary offense he had just one shot that's just not good enough um for uh for uh skating on the top line with Kevin Fiala and Eric Stahl not that Eric Stahl had a lot of shots either or anything but right. um there, there there's a lot the the two penalties uh, and, and maybe you give him a pass a little bit on the first one because like that was uh. Uh, that was a more reciprocal uh, uh, um, uh altercation whatever you want to call it <laughs> than uh then the referees gave uh Elias Petterson credit for uh but he also took a slashing penalty right after uh Koivu got out of the box mm-hmm. um later on uh in in the period and in, you know we're, we're talking about how Minnesota couldn't get in a rhythm that's part of why that was um but man i i, I there's going to be there there's one guy uh who's uh who's maybe a little lizardy who is making 6 million dollars that is is going to get a ton of heat for this uh but i, I just want to call alex galchenyuk to task here just an awful yeah. game from alex galchenyuk. uh you you kind of wish he was invisible uh, because uh, he had a he had one uh, penalty taken against him uh, mm-hmm. when he did a a tripping in, in the third period when Minnesota's down uh, was it three to one or at that point I think it was three to one at that point yeah and absolutely exactly
0: penalty, yeah led to the Horvat goal is what I if I remember right
1: and absolutely needed a score uh and uh and you know he not only did that but uh the Vancouver got ahead because he turned the puck over and let was it was it, was that the Besser goal? Go down the ice and score. Oh no. JT Miller. Sorry. JT oh, Miller yeah. Uh, turns it over to, uh to Vancouver and JT Miller goes down the ice and scores. You had just spent 80 minutes keeping Vancouver stars off the board, frustrating them. And, uh, and even though, you know, Vancouver got a goal in, in the first period, like that was Tanner Pearson. That's not one of those guys, right? That's not one of the mm-hmm. really scary guys. Miller's uh, gets going and then all of a sudden you see the scary guys coming back. Uh, Brock right. Besser scores a goal. He almost scores a second. Uh, if not for, uh, for Matt Dumba. And then, uh, and then uh, Bo Horvat gets on the board uh, and, and you get their power play into it. Like yeah, maybe if, it a catalyst on that one as well, but yeah, maybe if Miller doesn't score, right. You know, uh, they don't get quite that confidence. I don't know. Uh, Galchenyuk gets uh, gets maybe the uh, the number one star on my to do list.
0: The number one black hole. <laughs> it's it's not great. No, yeah, no, he, that turnover at the blue and and I am a person that absolutely hates turnovers at the blue line because of drop passes there, whether it's just inside the offensive blue line or even at the defensive blue line, Dro- the turnovers there will always kill and it absolutely happened on that play uh, another player that i'd like to maybe bring up is uh you know you, you mentioned zuccarello possibly but i thought uh jeweler still just has not really impressed on me in the offensive zone as much when he's got the players like he's got on his side i mean he's got zach parisi there he's got uh, luke Cunning. I just I keep I keep hoping that there's gonna be more from that line and I just not have seen a whole lot there and I wonder if it starts with the center and maybe it's just the makeup that uh, maybe maybe you need to put Felino and Greenway back together with them as a particular line, but uh I know that there's a certain uh, Minnesota hockey star on Twitter that was absolutely hating on uh, Jewel Eric's neck all night it says he's the worst pick that uh, that Minnesota has ever had.
1: Congratulations but, to AJ Thielen for finally getting off the hook.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's kind of crazy how that all uh, worked out. And, and and I guess Jules Eric's neck. I was hoping that he was going to be more of an X factor in this in this series so far. And I just I I don't feel like I've seen him really play that solid two way game. I think he did well in, in game one for the most part, but uh, again, not a ton of offense. And I, I feel like if you played more offense in the offensive zone with those players, I think that uh, it helped stem the tide a little bit on, on some of the issues that maybe the wild
1: are seeing. He did almost get a goal. I, I think it might've been the for it was either the first or second period. Uh, and that, you know, if he scores that, that changes things. Uh, I, I I'm going to say that he was maybe a little bit more of a factor than uh, Galchenyuk or uh, Zuccarello, who uh, zero shots on what I think was zero attempts. I, he had he had one nice pass to set up Matt Dumba for a one time around the power play, but that was it. Oh my god.
0: Yeah no yeah you're correct. Zuccarello probably gets the number two black hole. <laughs>
1: led led the team in power play minutes last night.
0: Yeah, I saw Galchenyuk out there a ton. That second unit just does not look like it's uh, congealing very well at all. Um, and they're also relying on Matt Dumba to be the offense, which is perfectly fine. I like Matt Dumba, but um, they're not getting him the puck nearly as often as they need to be. It's the same thing with
1: Fiala, right? If you focus too much on on having your offense go through one uh, through uh, through you know one player, uh, you just stop the one player. Like even <laughs> even Ovechkin in Washington isn't like that. They've got like three other threats on that power play. Uh, right. so you you gotta you gotta you gotta be a threat to score.
0: That is a point that I think we can leave off for uh, until next time. I think uh, we had a good show here. So uh, Tony, where can we find you on the internet?
1: All right, you can find me on Twitter at Oh Hi Tony. You can find my work at 10KRinks.com. Follow 10K Rinks on Twitter at 10K
0: Rinks amen you can follow me on twitter at jobu15 as well as all my work at 10krings.com we are locked and loaded with plenty of content here during the series it's craziness going on right now but it's fun it's fun again so check out and bookmark 10krings.com that'll do it for today's show if you liked today's show please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use you can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked On Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Drop us a line in our inbox at lockedonwild at gmail.com. Please support our sponsors because they support us. Thank you for listening to Locked On Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your undersized goalie every day.